Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. My co-host for today's show is Mike Mumau. He's the VP of Customer Experience here at SCP. Now, Mike is a fellow curious extrovert, and I asked him to join me because he's great at being curious and helping others tell their stories, namely our guest for today. Chris Keeney. Chris is the CTO over at Vibonomics, and I got to say, this was actually one of my favorite interviews. Chris is full of insights, understands the product, understands his industry, and it's actually a new market called Digital Audio Out of Home. I learned a lot of new things, so I hope you enjoy. Welcome to Behind the Product, a podcast by SCP where we believe it takes more than a great idea to make a great product. We've been around for over 30 years, building software that matters more. And we've set out to explore the people, practices, and philosophies to try and capture what's behind great software products. So join us on this journey of conversation with the folks that bring ideas to life. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us, Chris. Uh, we're really excited to learn about you and about what you're doing at Vibonomics. How are you? I'm doing great, Zach. Thanks for having me today. You know, for a little bit of context for anybody listening, tell us a little bit about you, maybe a little bit about your background and Vibonomics, the company. Sure. So my history is primarily in building software as a service systems, right? So SaaS and also native mobile apps. It, it has been a, a big part of you know, what I've done over the last 10 years. So um, a few industries, you know, like financial services, telecommunications, marketing, those are kind of some of the industries that I've spent time in uh, throughout my career. Currently, I'm the CTO at Vibonomics. Um, one of the great things about that is I get to lead our amazing product team there. That's really cool. So you mentioned you spend a little bit of time in the telephony space, only because that's a little bit of my background. I'm curious if we cross streams at, at any point in time. What's uh, with some a little bit of the experience there? Yeah, so I uh, was, uh, this was a while ago, uh, I was with um, uh, AT&T, Ameritech, SBC uh, for a while back in the day. Oh, very fun. Okay. I always, I always love meeting fellow former telecom folks. It's uh, it was a fun industry, especially here in Indy. Quite a, quite a bit of, quite a few companies, I feel like, that spent time in that space. So we're talking a little bit about Vibonomics, the, the company that you're at now. Can you give us a kind of a 30,000 foot view of the, the product that you, uh, that you have at Vibonomics and maybe the market that you're in? So we are in uh, what is considered a relatively new category, sure. and that, that's called digital audio out of home. So it's, it's an advertising space, right? At the high level, uh, Vibonomics is a, is a uh, digital audio out of home advertising company and audio experience company, right? So let me try to explain what digital audio out of home is, right? Because that's going to be new uh, for a lot of people, right? So out of home, the out of home part has been around for a long time. So if you think about out of home advertising, you know, you're talking about like a billboard. Oh, okay. Right. You know, you're driving down the road, you see a billboard, that's out of home advertising. Then you've got digital out of home, right? Which is, which is the next evolution. So for that, think about like walking in Times Square, right? Mm -hmm. um, you look up, there's like giant video displays on every building, right? With advertisements all over the place, right? So that's, that's then digital out-of-home advertising. So if you then go into, say, a grocery store or a convenience store or a coffee shop, right? And you hear music and messaging and advertisements coming from the, the speakers, right? In the ceiling, that's digital audio out of home, that's Vibonomics. Ah, that makes a whole lot more sense. So if I'm hearing, you know, sale on prime rib this week while I'm at 
Kroger or, or Whole Foods. That's that's the kind of the experience that we're talking about mixed in with elevator music. Yes. If you hear that coming out, coming out, so say a Kroger, um, one of our clients. So you would definitely be hearing Vibonomics. They have self-promotional messaging. So could be. We also have, you know, the advertisements or the programmatic advertising, right? Which is what our platform does. And then, um, of course, we have curated music lists. So when you say elevator music, um, it, uh, <laughs> it kind of struck a little bit of a chord because that is, right, that's kind of the legacy, sure. right, uh, providers, that that's what they do in this space, right? It's, it's background music. It's really just something there to, you know, to fill the space. We're kind of taking a different approach on that, and we believe that it's, it's all about the, the experience or the vibe that you create in a space. Yeah. There it is. Was where vibe was I was, I was curious where Vibonomics <laughs> was coming from now. I get it. That's awesome. So curated music, um, it's, it's, it's about the mood, or is there some advertising in the curated music as well? Because you got the Kroger ads, and I'm assuming you have some product in there as well. Yeah. So, so we have, um, so to talk about like how, how extensive this is, you can go and the, the clients, so our host networks, we call them, right? So our, so like Kroger will be a host network for us. They can uh, have self-promotional messaging, right? They can also have operational messaging in there as well. So things like they need to make an announcement for some reason, like, of course, going through the last 18 months, there's been a lot of mask messaging, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, we'll create mask messaging and that messaging will get put into their system, right? Into their, into their venue for uh, whatever scheduling, you know, they need to do with that. So in all those messages that we create are, of course, done by our, our professional voice talent that we have. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then that is also mixed with actual programmatic advertising, right, that goes in there too. And that programmatic advertising can be both endemic and non-endemic. Endemic meaning it's for a product that the venue might carry, right? So, you know, and, you know, if you're looking for cereal, right, it's an ad for cereal, it's going to be in in that grocery store venue. So that'd be an endemic ad. If we're talking about a non-endemic ad, it might be like Honda, right, advertising, you know, in that space to those listeners. Oh, okay. And, you know, is this, is there any, I'm, I'm kind of curious a little bit to dive into this a little deeper, Thinking about from a tech perspective, is there any uh, intelligent targeted advertising based on, you know, buying behaviors? I scan my, you know, my loyalty card when I buy my groceries. They obviously know it's me and that I just bought all of those things that, you know, it's Monday at three o'clock. Is there any kind of intelligent targeting there from an advertising perspective that's mixed in? Yeah, we we use um, we definitely use use data from different sources, and we're looking at you know POS data and um, all kinds of of information that we can put together to determine right okay. those things. So building building up this platform is great, but there's still a lot we have planned to do right, and that we're working on. So things like. Um, you know, uh, more in, you know, intelligent and dynamic reaction to events that happen, right? So in other words, taking some of those data sources you're talking about and matching them up with other data and then making dynamic decisions, mm-hmm. right, based on that. One of the interesting things about, about our system that, again, sets, sets it kind of apart from the, the typical radio type uh, system or, or something that's on like a clock, right, where you know for the next month exactly what's going to play when, is that our system can react dynamically in real time. So there could be a change that happens now, and it literally get pushed out in real time to all of the locations that it's that it applies to. So if you can think about it, if you're a host network and you have 2,500 locations across the U.S., you can you can effectively you know manage those locations like they're one, right? Mm-hmm. So I mean it's it, it it's taken you know the scale of of that and and you know turning it into something that's very efficient, right, and easy to manage and can be and can react to 
real-time events in real time. What, can you give an example of like a real-time event? Like what would happen that you would push something? Some of the dynamic pieces of our system are messaging can be introduced at any time, mm-hmm. right? So we get, sometimes we get kind of a high priority requests um, from a client, right? From a host network that say, hey, we need to, we need to change this message, right? It's not right or something's expired or, or whatever we need to do. Mm-hmm. As soon as that is ready to go. So as soon as it goes through and we, if we're creating the message for it, our, our uh, professional voice talent creates that message, uploads it to the system. As soon as that gets approved, right, it goes immediately out. So it's a, immediately available to be played. So in, in like real time, it's going to go out to the locations all across the United States and be immediately start playing. Other things that we look at doing is taking into account more dynamic things like what's the weather like at the location? And does that then play into the type of playlist you're going to select? Oh, for that interesting. Day? Gotcha. Okay. That makes more sense. What I was thinking was like I was shopping and I was from the meat section and I'm sitting in front of pork and it's like there's something that's on the announcement. It's like it's pork. You the other want to buy meat. pork? <laughs> <laughs> not that real time and not that personalized. Right. Or today anyway. That's not what you're doing. And right. Exactly. creepy, I think, to get A that little message. Bit. It's like directional speaker. It's just like Mike Moomow. You want to buy the pork, don't you? It's on sale. <laughs> I'm not sure I want that. Okay. Very cool. So, uh, so nothing like also, uh, I don't know, it's Sunday and there's a Colts game and it's one o'clock. The game's getting ready to kick off. Hey, there's a special on brats. Like, could, could that be an example as well? Uh, yes. Okay. So we are able, so what you're talking about there is, is the targeted, um, on demand side of our audio, of our audio advertisements. Right. Yeah. And so that can definitely, that is definitely something we can do today. Mm. Right. So we're able to, to create those types of campaigns right, in conjunction with the, our SSPs that we integrate with. And SSP is a supply-side provider. It's just, uh, think of it just as an ad system that we, we make requests to, right, oh, for right. ads. It's a way to manage all of the different orders that are in the system, all the different campaigns that are running, that kind of thing. So um, when that, so for, for example, in your case, that would be exactly scheduled that way. There would be a, there would be a uh, Colts game coming up. There's a specific advertisement that needs, to be, that needs to be played during that period of time. And our systems will then be requesting those ads for that for that period of time that the the event's going on. And so, you know, you mentioned that, um, you know, the 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 host uh, company could be regional, right? It's it's Indish, it's Illinois, Chicago, it's Ohio. You could have, you know, two or three different regions that are, you know, Indy's obviously Colts, you know, Chicago Bears up, up Northwest. So they, they could, even though they're one chain or one customer or host, they can, they can regionalize those ads as well. Like it can get down to the store level. Yeah, that's... That is an excellent point. Like that is exactly how our, how the system is designed. Okay. So it's basically made to to manage. Is if you want to, you can micromanage it as much as you want. It's off, not our best practice, but a lot of times um, our host networks will manage things by either their banner, right? So like obviously, like a a, a Kroger has many different banners, right, underneath it, like a Fries, you okay. know, um, different, you know, different, you know, different sub subsets of, of Kroger okay. um, with different banners, different brands, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a lot of times they'll organize by those banners, but then they'll even get even more specific than that because sometimes those banners will cover a large geographic area too, mm-hmm. right? And so they might need to, to regionalize it more, localize it more. And you can, you can take that from either the top level, right? And you can go all the way down to an individual location, mm-hmm. right? Which is something, it's, it's kind of like unique, right? Being able to think that you can target a specific location, mm-hmm. Right, as opposed to you know a more general demographic. Right, that's a that's a fair point. So, I have a just a little bit, not a lot, of background in advertising. Um, there's people who want to promote their products, um, but then you got the Krogers of the world. Like, there's somebody who's running the store. Like, who's sitting at 
this interface or whatever and scheduling these ads? Like who's, who's controlling that? Is that you guys as a service? Is it, I don't know, how does that like ad network and the priority of ads being pushed work? That's a very good question because it is a, it is a complicated scenario, right? When you're thinking about scheduling, I mean, I mean, just think about any scheduling. Think about trying to just manage your calendar, right? For that's that's this is complicated enough for one person. Now you're managing the calendar of 2,500 locations across the the U.S., right? Multiple banners, et cetera. So we it's it, we've had an interesting journey here, right? So when, when we first got started in, our, in the earlier days, we were uh, really focused on providing all of the tools to the clients to manage their schedules, right? And um, there was a a, a really interesting point where we started having these discussions about getting pushback, right? From, well, the, the, the host networks were worried about like, well, how am I going to manage this? How many people am I going to have to like hire or, or, or find, right? To, to manage, you know, the, these services. And to be, to be fair, we think that the system for as hides the complexity. Well, in fact, that's one of the kind of the tenets of our system is we want to hide all of the complexity to the user to, in other words, only expose the complexity actually required by that user's, you know, particular situation. But, we started having these, these conversations and getting this pushback on it. And one of the um, comments from uh, host network was, why don't you just do it for me? Mm. Right. Yeah. Like almost like a professional services right. request. Okay. Exactly. So um, a managed services. Oh yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so um, we were having this conversation uh, in a meeting and, and we were like, let's just do that. Yeah. Why don't we just do it for the client? Let's yeah. just manage it for the client. And that is, that started our evolution from you know client managed to a managed services environment, and so what's happened is what you know what normally happens is is that you know we can go manage service since we can do both ranges right we can do everything from the client manages everything on their own to we manage everything for the client and they don't even have a login right, oh, to the wow. system right if that's the way they want to do it that could be done um, but there's a big range in between so where we've actually ended up is we're heavy we're moved heavy, heavily over to the managed services side where we're managing most of the, of the scheduling and, and changes and requests from the client. Um, you know, playlist changes, messaging changes, right? All of that. But we also have some clients that say, well, but we want to do this one specific function and we want to give that out to individual locations to do. Maybe it's, they want to be able to let them override their playlists, right? So mm-hmm. let's say they define a playlist that's a default for the banner, right? But then there's a few stores regionally, right? They really want a, a different vibe for their location, right? So it goes back to, we're really heavily considering, right? Consider the audio experience. When you walk into a store, how does that make you feel, right? One of the first things that you get when you walk into a store is that is you hear something, right? What does it feel like when you walk in? Like, I think we've all probably walked into a store. It's like dead quiet, right? Yeah. yeah. That is, to me, I get super creepy yeah. when I walk in there. <laughs> well, if you're going to have a super creepy feeling because the vibe's not right in the store, are you going to stick around there and, and do a lot of shopping? No, you're probably in and out as fast as you can on that, right? And that's the way I am, right? Yeah. When I do it, it's like I walk into a store, it's dead quiet, feels creepy. I'm just like, I'm getting my stuff and getting out of here. So um, the, the whole curation of that vibe right, does need to be tailored to individual locations or regional locations or, ba- or, or banners. And so um, we, do, we do that. We have, we have on staff someone that curates all of our playlists. Our host networks will tell us the type of, of vibe they want, the type of, of playlist they want to have, and we actually customize that for them. Yeah. So, so all the way down to, you know, the case where, well, we want a one-off you know, you want to give some locations the ability to override some of the playlists that the other banners have. So that's the case where, okay, now we pull, give, we give a little bit more control back to the to the customer when it makes sense and they want to do that. You know, I'm, I'm curious, the, the transition from focusing more on like the self-service SaaS model to 
um, the man, you know, having uh, more managed services offerings for your clients. Did that impact the product? Like, how did that impact the product? Did you have to build more things out from an administrative perspective so that you guys could manage that for your clients? Yeah, that's that's um, absolutely absolutely what we did. Is in the beginning, we designed the system to be equally usable by either uh, the client user or our internal admin users, right? Because we're our ad, internally admin, we're looking at all the locations as a whole. So we have um, you know uh, around six thousand locations, right? So that's what we're managing: six thousand locations. Um, a large you know client network might have a thousand, a couple thousand locations. What we did is, is we initially, right, we were focused on the actual client user experience, right? So what happened is, is when we started to look at how are we going to transition this and go more to a managed services model, because that's what, that's what we were getting, you know, that's what we, the feedback we were getting from, from the host networks is we don't want to manage this. We want you to manage it for us, mm-hmm. right? Uh, we started looking at shifting the priority. So this is, you know, the whole software development yeah, thing, right? It's right. like, what do we focus on? You know, what are the current priorities? How, you know, what, what features are we building and for, you know, who are we building them for? And so what we did is we just started shifting instead of focusing on a lot of necessarily the client and user features, we started shifting our focus to making sure that all of our admin and, and, and admin features that are used to manage across the board, right? For all of the locations, we started building more and more more and more functionality into that because it becomes very difficult when you're talking about a few hundred locations and you start yeah. dealing with 5,000 locations at a time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would imagine that having a huge impact on just the entire experience and, and very different shift. I don't, I don't know that I've talked to many companies that have gone that direction, right? Where it's less, it like, I feel like most SaaS companies these days are all about self-service. How do we scale through the platform itself versus how do we, how do we kind of balance that with, this managed service approach and targeting more uh, enablement. I don't know. I can't think of a better word other than kind of enabling your staff to then serve your clients. Uh, that's a that's a that's a very interesting shift. I would imagine making those decisions were rather difficult. Yeah, it's it's been a it, again it's it's been a, a really interesting journey. As you know, we kind of started out thinking that you know typical you know software as a service model, right? Or you know is this going to be a uh, you know kind of a uh, is this going to be a product like growth company? Is it yeah. sales like growth company? Yeah. Um, as we've really started to move to that advertising model, right? Um, we're we're really seeing ourselves as an advertising company, right? Which is which is not going to be your fall into your typical software as a service model or product led growth model that a lot of a lot of um, companies fall into these days, right? And the other thing that complicated it, right, is we we actually have to ship a piece of hardware, right? Because oh. something has to something has to play all of this music and messaging into the audio system at, at the at the uh, location, right at the venue. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Are you? Did you guys build that in house? Yeah, it's it's um it's 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 one of those things where it's like you know it's hardware, and it's named that for a reason, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> so we started out, you know, in it, it with uh you know basically we used a, a tablet, right? Uh, and it was it was basically an, an, a mobile application, right? That we used as our media player, um, and uh, as we've been you know evolving into that more enterprise space. We're we're taking our our media players to more enterprise you know level, and so now we're we're actually we're partnered with um, Lexmark, and they have an with an IoT Edge device, and that's exactly what all of our enterprise customers are asking for something they can 
they can plug into a, a rack in the closet and and uh, not worry about it. But are you going in and hanging it up? And I mean, you're installing it, or do they do? Yeah. That? So we have we have we have both. We have the ability for our our installation. We have got our installation down to literally you plug in like three things and it's up That's and running. Cool. Oh wow! So yeah. So whether it's the whether it's our older tablets or or our our newer um, our newer edge device, uh, we you you take it out of the box, you plug it in, you turn it on. It immediately starts communicating back to our our platform, and it it just starts working. So the installation is very simple. However, any installation can run into complications, right? We're on site. It's like, does the, is the is their amplifier working? Is there their speakers working? You know, so there is that component to it. It's one of the the areas that we sh- we kind of are, it's kind of challenging, right? Yeah. To to find the right you know, the exact model for that. So we have a mix right now of some self-install, but we really like to lean towards a professional installation of it because then we know it's done, it's up and running, it's verified, um, and we can move on. Yeah, because you kind of have this weird physical hardware, like third-party interoperability problem when you run into that. Like if I think, like trying to compare that from a mental model, you know, like connecting into a third-party API, it's kind of kind of what you're doing at the hardware level, right? Right, yeah. I mean, we can eliminate, we've eliminated all of the, problems from a software and our, our, you know, our application standpoint yeah. and the hardware. But every, you know, when you walk into a, a, a closet at a random convenience store in the, you know, in the middle of Nebraska, like you don't know what you're going to run into there, right? It's like, it, what type of amp is that? What decade was it built in? You know, do the, do the speakers actually work? Our, our um, provisioning uh, and installation uh, group will, I mean, they, they have plenty of stories of, uh, and we've had all kinds of crazy, you know, stories about how they'd show up and there's like, there's, there's no speakers at this location yet. So it's like, well, that's not going to work. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> kind of need speakers for that to work, I think. Kind of need speakers. Yeah. So, um, so it's, 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 you know, it's, it's an added, right? It's an added challenge, added complication uh, that we have to overcome. But um, we've, we've got it down to a, to a pretty good process right now. And so, uh, you know, as we go, we, we learn things about making sure that, you know, what the, what the, we, we do a, review of the of the locations right and say are these ready to actually be installed because a lot of the locations we're bringing on don't necessarily have you know audio before so yes we replace some of our, the legacy providers we do a lot of that um, as we're um, as we're as we're gaining the market share in, in the space so a lot of legacy uh, replacements those are pretty straightforward because generally they already have everything they needed to be playing music and messaging before right but a lot of times we're bringing on new ones that haven't even had it before or their new installs. Mm-hmm. So you think about it, when we go in, when we have a, a banner or a, or a host network and we're going into a store, they're adding new stores, right? They're building new stores, yeah. see stores opening up, new ones every day. So there's, a, there's, there's an entire project management piece of when is it actually going to be okay to go in to get this new location that's come on board up and running? Yeah. So I'm, I'm kind of curious, you mentioned fun stories. And it's probably not just grocery stores that you guys are working with today. Uh, any fun stories about maybe the most unique use of your product that you can think of? I'll give you two fun stories. Uh, first fun story, I think, is, is um, uh, kind of explains kind of when we really um, understood the, the kind of the power of where we're moving with programmatic audio, right? And that is, you know, we, we, decided, to move, we decided to move towards programmatic audio. So we're going to integrate with, with, an, with um, an SSP, right, to do that. And that's great. We had to build it, right? We had to integrate with it. And I would say that, like, that first time we literally flipped it on, right, for programmatic advertising, right? And 
all of a sudden the ads just start flowing right through the system, right? And we can hear them playing in our space. That was very cool to hear that. Other, other things that we've done is we, had, we have this a feature that isn't quite used anymore because of, of where we've moved. Like we've gone from, from the self, like self-serve to a managed services. So we have a feature in the application that call, is called live messaging, right? So, you know, we have a professional voice talent team, right? And that's how, you know, we, we generally funnel. We have a whole workflow system for that, right? Clients can request a, a message. It goes through a whole workflow, gets assigned a voice talent, gets rough cut, gets final cut, right? And that's how we do, you know, most, most of our stuff. But we thought it would be kind of neat that if you could just use like a companion mobile app and create your own message on the fly and hit a button and have it immediately go out and play in all of your locations that you chose. Um, and we call this live messaging, right? And so this is one of those, you know, this is one of those features that is um, like a jaw drop, right? When you're doing it for a demo, right? So you're showing this out to, you know, to a, to a client or, you know, a prospect, right? And you sit there and you create this message on, on your phone, right? And you hit a button and then in near real time, that message starts playing in your space and all your venues. And whether Uh, that's one venue or you send it out to all 10,000 of your venues at the same time. I'm sure that has some interesting potential unintended human error (laughs) uh, circumstances. Yeah. Well, we have, uh, so we, uh, we recognize the sensitivity around that and uh, we, 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 we have that locked down under some uh, specific permissions in the application. We have a, we have a full permission set, which is what allows us to craft all of these uh, specific client scenarios. So it's like, it's not just like, well, you have three roles in the system and you pick sure. one of those three roles. We, you, we can basically create any arbitrary permissions that we need to. Mm-hmm. So that's why we're able to say like, if, if a client wants us to do managed services for just about everything, but let's say they want them to individuals at locations to be able to request messages or change a playlist, we can craft a, a permission set that will allow them to just do those things in the system. And that's all they kind of get to see and do. In, in developing it, we're really focused on, you know, we have a complex system. It's, it's scheduling. It's going to be complicated anytime you're dealing with scheduling, right? We want to really focus on keeping that cognitive load of the user down so that they're, they're not confused, right, when they go in and, and schedule things. So, but, but the live messaging is one of those, one of those interesting features that <laughs> while it demos, re- it demos really well, yeah, I mean, yeah. it is literally a, a, you know, like, wow moment. Like, it's a shock and awe moment, right, yeah. when that happens. And, it, and it, you just did it real time for in, in demo, right? But as we move to managed services, it's also one of those things where you had to take a look at and say, well, this, this feature, the use cases around this feature are, are not very big right now at this point. Um, and so that's part of going back to when we were talking about how do we make that, those decisions, you know, in, in, in what features and what priority. And that's, that's kind of how we focus from, move from client-specific on, you know, in-venue, you know, type of features to more of the, what are all the features we need to, to support, you know, tens of thousands of, of locations in a managed service model. Yeah. My mind goes to walk up to the store manager, uh, JJ Darnell, your dad is looking for you and he'll be leaving in five minutes yeah. if you're not at the front door. <laughs> that's his son. Yeah. That's the, you probably don't want them doing that though with that. Yeah. Oh, well, we had all kinds of fun with it <laughs> no, in, in, sure. in, the, in the office, you know, I as bet. you can imagine. I bet. Totally. So, okay. Um, I kind of want to shift to maybe the last 18 months, obviously big topic for, I don't know, the whole world. Um, few people. Uh, just a few. And, you know, lots of different industries impacted by the pandemic, you know, thinking about brick and mortar, like that was, that's a, that's a big vertical that has been impacted with the, I don't, I don't remember, but like, I'm going to guess hundred X in online shopping over the last 18 months. I, I don't know if that's actually real, but maybe it's real. 
how how has that impacted Vibonomics and your customers and maybe the the uh, the trajectory that you guys were headed down? So so the last eighteen months have definitely I think been a challenge for just about everyone, sure. right? For us, it's been it was a challenging time as well. I mean, one of our one of our um, you know big segments that we've we focused on or are focused on are the grocery store and convenience store chains. So when you know lockdowns started happening and all that, that really shifted things around. So we have two, you know, two client groups, right, really, that we focus on. We have the host networks, right, which are all the all the locations, right? Mm-hmm. The C stores, the, the grocery stores, all of that. And we have advertisers, right? That we also, you know, are 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 focused on because it's the advertisers are looking to right place ads into these different venues. So one of the things that happened though is that you know grocery stores became essential businesses during this period of time, right? right? And you know, advertisers still wanted to reach those shoppers. Mm-hmm. So it's one, it, it, it was, it was one kind of the surprising things, right. That, um, that happened, uh, during, during this time. Right. But at the same time, it's, you know, we're, we we had to be a little excited about the effect it had on, on, you know, the revenue, right. right. From, from a ad, from an advertiser still wanting to, you know, place uh, ads into these, into these venues. That's fair. Do were there, you know, you mentioned that was surprising, you know, when I think about, you know, supporting brick and mortar, why do you think it's important that we continue to do that? I think, yeah. So this is the talk of, you know, is, is brick and mortar dying or, right. or dead? Right? right. And we've been, the interesting thing is, is we've been hearing about brick and mortar dying for, I mean, a long time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yet it's still here. Yeah. Right. And I think that, I think that certainly while the, you know, online, is 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 a big deal. It's not going anywhere. It's gonna, it's going to you know keep keep growing. But there's still huge opportunity for brick and mortar. The way I look at it, this is my view: is uh, brick and mortar is an experience, online is a convenience. Yeah. Right? So it's certainly necessary sometimes for convenience, but we see this in all kinds of other other ways and spaces that people will seek out. A positive experience, mm-hmm. right? And that's where you know we come in to back to the creating this vibe for your venue, right? It's like how do you want how do you want your customer to feel when they walk in the door, right? How, you know, and that goes. It's not just you know the playlists that that are you know out there and the music that you want, what kind of atmosphere you want to create, you know, in your particular location. Um, but you know, it's like what kind of messaging do you want to to, to give to that customer? Like they're in your store, right? Like. People talk about the path, you know, path to purchase, right? And you know, how do we get how do we get people to 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 go there, right? How do we get people to go to your online site? How do you get people to go to your 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 physical store? They're already there. Mm-hmm. Like like our our messaging is going to someone that is in the venue, ready to purchase, has their wallet out, and you have the opportunity to talk directly to them while they're thinking about making that purchase. In my view, it's incredibly powerful, right? You're not wondering about how you're getting them there, or can you can you convince them, you know, to 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 go to your online site? They're literally at the venue, ready to buy something. Uh, you know, I've never really I love how concise you you know the brick and mortar is an experience. Online shopping is a convenience. You know, I think about my own uh, buying behaviors. It actually really resonates. I still like going to the store for a lot of things. Even grocery store, we, you know, we are, we are a big, we're still going to go to the grocery store. Now, sometimes it helps to buy some stuff online and do that when it's convenient. But my wife and I actually like going to the grocery store. It's, it's a, it's a 
fun experience sometimes when our kiddos are, are uh, compliant, but uh, generally speaking, <laughs> still like going to, you know, going to especially clothes or different things like that. So it's I'm, experience for them when they get to ride is, the, in the car. That is true. <laughs> in the cart yeah. that you're pushing in. Uh-huh. Like, all right. Yeah, it's like, no, nope, put that back. No, nope, mm-hmm. put that yeah. down. We're not buying that. No, down. you can't no. ride on the side of it right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I, I love that. So uh, thinking about, you know, decision making, I would imagine, you know, that is, uh, it's different for everybody. It's probably different for you as an individual throughout the day versus, um, you know, you as a leadership team organizationally, you know, tell me a little bit about maybe how you make decisions, whether it's product decisions, technology decisions, organizational decisions. There's been a lot of things to navigate, especially here over the last 18 months. You know, tell me a little bit about how you guys, how you and maybe Vibonomics have, have kind of done that. Um, so I'll, uh, I'll try to step through those. Um, <laughs> let's start at like the organizational level, right? Yeah. At the organizational level, we've spent um, a lot of time, uh, you know, getting everyone on board around this whole digital audio out of home, right? This is this is what we do. We're an advertising company, right? Uh, we're creating, you know, advertising networks, right? Is what we're doing. So uh, we're we're hyper focused on blazing that trail for programmatic digital audio out of home advertising. And one of the the, the things that kind of hi- highlights this is it didn't. It's because it didn't exist before we started it. And to, to show you why, it's like when we t- I talk about cr- connecting to those SSPs, right? The ad, ser- the ad serving platforms that we use, right? To help manage, you know, all of the campaigns and, and orders. They had, the, in, in, in all of the cases where we've gone and integrated with one, they had to modify their systems just to allow audio, our audio out-of-home advertising to work. And, ah. they, and they saw that, they saw the value, right? And, and, and the growth potential, right? In that space enough that they got on board and said, yes, we'll modify our systems so that we can serve ads, wow. audio-only ads, to your platform. So the, these systems, just so we all understand, they serve ads to like websites, and they serve ads to different yeah. different uh, platforms. They added your platform because they saw the future, like you guys did, and what you're doing in yes. audio. That's cool. That's really cool. I mean, you're, you're. I mean, you really are in that way, blazing a trail because it's new. It's 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 brand new. In fact, that's wow. So one of the you know one of the challenges with with this is you know, and this is why in the beginning when I when I tried to describe what it is, because when you say digital audio out of home, not not a lot of people have heard of it before because it it didn't really exist as a category until recently. Yeah. And so we are we view ourselves as as we're establishing that category. And when you think about a small startup establishing a new advertising category, yeah, I mean that is that's. That's a huge challenge, and yeah. and the the only way to do that is we build we built an exceptional team, right at Vibonomics, specifically in the in the product team. We focus on having a small, high performance team, right. We need to be able to react quickly and change, you know, fr- from self serve to managed services. Yeah. You know, we need to be able to make those uh, changes very rapidly, right. And so, you know, we we you know uh, need to react to changing requirements from the customer changing environments in the market the last 18 months, right? Mm-hmm. For example. So that's that's kind of from an organizational level, it's it's that it's that piece, right? It's making sure everyone is focused, laser focused on what we're trying to do and what we're trying to build. Um, and that's across the organization. So it's it's operations, it's product team, it's our 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 programming, you know, voice talent department, you know, it's accounting, it's everybody, right? Mm-hmm. Sales, ad ops, yeah. all of them. Yeah. So on the product side, right, of things, we, we recognize how challenging it can be to, to manage schedules, right? 
we, we recognize how challenging it is, right? Because just managing your own calendar can be a challenge, right? So now think about you're going to manage the calendar for 10,000, 20,000 different locations, right? <laughs> just, it's kind of mind-boggling, right? So in, it's not going to be easy, right? And it's not going to be just this simple one-click, you know, two-click type thing. It, there are going to be a lot of options. There are going to be a lot of, a lot of you know, considerations of when things play and what they look like. So we really focus on making that user experience that complex scheduling as simple as possible. And that's, that's why I talk about, we really focus on at any point in time that, the, that, the, that our users are in that product, right? What is that cognitive load on them, right? Like, are we making them think about things they don't need to be thinking about right now? So if we can remove behind the scenes the complexity of, you know, selecting all the locations, because all of our content is location-based, right? It can be tied down to a specific location. If we can remove as much of the overhead, right, of thinking about that and making it as simple as going through and selecting the right, the right objects you need and, 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 and scheduling it, um, and then being able to push that out. So now you don't have to worry about, well, now I got to do that update 2,000 more times. No, you can, you can manage that all as one. So we, have, it's, it's, we refer to it as our many, many as one um, tenant of the application, right? It's like, we want you to be able to manage as many things as you want, as if they were like, as many locations as you want, as if they were one location. Um, and we do that by just limiting the user experience um, down to the, only the necessary complexity for that user, for their use case. Right. So, you know, for example, you know, like when we do things like as simple as let's say you're a manager at a low, at a host network for a location, there could be 2000 locations for your host network, but you're only responsible for one. We remove all of the complexity of the other locations. You you get to view the system as if your location is the only thing that matters in the world. So you're, you're in, an, you're creating a new category. Um, you have customers that are excited. You got ad networks that are excited. I'm sure you get tons of feedback like, hey, can you do this too? Can you build this? Can you build that? And like, I'm sure you have more feature ideas and requests than you have time and money to build. Like, how do you guys make decisions? Like, well, what do we do? And like, do we do it for everybody? Do we do it for one person? I mean, this is a big customer. Uh, how, do you, how do you make those decisions? Yeah, well, we've, we've, we, we, if you've been in product development for very long, we've all had, right? We've all had those, yeah. you know, scenarios where we're having to, make a decision about is this, you know, is this feature coming, this, is this fly in from this, from this prospect, right. right? Something that we need to entertain. And so we, we do, we, we've had all, we've had any, we've had a lot of, of, of these come flying in and the, the key. So, so from, a, from, from leading the, the, that team and from, from, from leading those product decisions, the, the key is to keep your focus, right? It's so easy when you have um, a product like ours, like we're literally, um, applicable to any location-based business out there. I mean, we, it's not just grocery stores and C stores. I mean, we can keep expanding. You know, we've got the, the hotel industry. You've got, you know, every anything, restaurants. Yeah. You've got any, yeah. any, any retail, any physical retail location, right, that wants to create an a, a atmosphere, a vibe, and is, you know, open to programmatic advertising as well, right? Yeah. Because we've taken, we've taken that legacy background music and we've turned it now into, you know, a potential revenue stream for our clients, right? So it, it's, it, it's hard to say, it's hard to compare it, right, to what used to be there. Because we're not building a product that just says, oh, I'm gonna, we're going to play some background music for you, right? So that you have something going on in the background. We're building a programmatic advertising platform, right? And so we have to stay laser focused on what, is, what features are moving that forward, mm-hmm. right? So there are all kinds of neat whiz-bang stuff that we come up with all the time like live messaging, which we just talked about. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's awesome. Yeah. But at the same time, we have to watch for those types of things coming in, you know, now. At one time, that was a, 
a really great thing to have on the system. But when, uh, as part of the, you know, as part of that, a part of the platform, a feature. So now, you know, we have to say, does this fit into, are we moving forward our host networks? Are we, does this feature move forward our advertising platform? Hmm. All right, Chris, last question here as we wrap up. What keeps you most excited? Ha. <laughs> Do you have like a, is it a favorite feature or just the opportunity or or what? Yeah, so, you know, everybody likes, everybody, you know, likes the opportunity to build something new, but you don't often always get that chance, yeah. right? So, you know, I've been, I've been very fortunate in my career. I've been on a number of these kind of first, right, um, things that, that come along a number of startups along the way. So the things that, like make me the, the most excited, keep me the most motivated. Um, go back to when I mentioned how we flipped on programmatic for the first time mm-hmm. and the ads just started and flowing just through the system. Right. Yeah. And you know, all of the all of the time and effort we put into building the system, right? Connecting to the SSPs, right? All of the testing that went on, everything. You you finally actually go and press that button, right? And and turn on programmatic and it just ads just start playing in the system. Like, it's just, it's hard to describe the feeling, right? Like, yeah. But you get, like, that's working. Like, we literally, like, right now, press the button, and we just, we just, we just created a new advertising category. That's cool. Right? So, you know, in building something from the ground up, it's always fun and exciting. Um, it's a great journey. It's not always something you get to do all the time. So I just, I just feel very fortunate to have been part, part of this, uh, of this whole, whole journey. That's awesome. Yeah, that is awesome. I, it's always, uh, it, when it works the first time, it's always very, um, ah, thank God. <laughs> we don't have to go fix anything. We thought it would work. We it thought did. it would work, and it did. <laughs> That's great. Well, Chris, thank you so much for spending time with us and teaching us about a brand new category and the things that you guys are doing over there. Oh, thanks for having me. It's been a lot of fun. Hey, Mike. We just got done talking to Chris. Learning a little bit about his world and Vibonomics. That I was fun. That was a fun chat. Yeah. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I appreciate you joining. Hey, so this is the part of the show where we get some thoughts, some takeaways. Would you? What did you find interesting? Maybe the one, one to three things you pulled out of our conversation with Chris that you thought was either interesting or fun. I can't put it in like fun or interesting. Maybe it's more interesting than fun. It's just like a little bit of a eye opener for me. Um, you and I both work at SCP. We tend to uh, just kind of stay in our lane of software product development. And so I think about products when we're talking to people just in the context of software. And um, as he talked about going, especially when he was going from the SaaS product to more of a managed service product and just thinking about the ecosystem that is his product, um, he's got more than just software. I mean, he's got software for his people. He's got software for his host networks, the Kroger's of the world. Uh, and then he's got things like, that IoT edge device, like just thinking about hardware as a part of his product. So I don't know, that was just kind of cool to hear. He doesn't think about product just as one user interface and one customer segment. It's it's about a lot of different things that all need to work for his customers to have an awesome experience. That's true. Uh, they even have voice talent as a product. That's as true. Part of their offering, you know? Yeah. It's, there's, there's not a lot of technology there other than actually recording. There's Yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a lot for them to coordinate and it, it doesn't sound like he lets now he's a CTO, but he's obviously a product thinker too. Like he doesn't let that kind of like I stay in my technical lane um, keep him from serving all of the different segments well, whether it's the voice talent or his people or host networks or advertisers. He's got a lot of people to keep happy. That's true. So the another thing that I thought was fun, uh, you know, just to quote him really quick, 
was this idea of like brick and mortar as an experience and online as a convenience. Uh, I, I found that to be, I don't know, really insightful and true for me. I love going to Whole Foods or going to the store sometimes and uh, shopping online is really a convenience. I thought that was a, that was a really awesome way to kind of look at their industry, especially given the last 18 months. Yeah, I mean, especially like guys like you and I, we like to see people. It's not mm. always convenient. Like, hey, honey, I'm going to go to the store. And it's going to take <laughs> longer. You could just like quick ship this with Amazon. But uh, no, that was that was helpful. And I know I don't know if you meant this or not, uh, but it was funny to hear when you brought up the elevator music, it was kind of an interesting oh. segue because you're like, yeah. but you're basically like elevator music, right? And you're like, ah, oh, man, that's the legacy experience we're trying to get rid of. And it was, yeah. it's just kind of funny because um, that's, I mean, that's their target segment, right? Like they're probably used to just being, um, paying this cost of, I'm going to have some kind of lame music. Um, I'm not really thinking as a convenience store or as a host network about um, the experience that our folks are having. And the sell for Vibonomics um, vibe, which is cute, right? Um, to create a different vibe, but also maybe it's not just a cost center. Like maybe they can actually make some money selling some of that space, airspace to advertisers. So that was cool to hear too. Mm, that's a really good point. Yeah, I, uh, that was an, that was an unintended segue on my part. Normally they're intended. That one, <laughs> not so much. <laughs> that's good, man. Ask dumb questions. Ask dumb questions. <laughs> Oh, my friend. Well, uh, Mike, I appreciate you so much for joining me for this conversation. Uh, uh, I really enjoyed learning about this. And I actually want to follow up with Chris in like a year and just see see how the vibe is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Good stuff. No, I, I'm never going to walk in a grocery store the same way again. I'm just gonna like, oh, I wonder... Uh huh. Is, is this the vibe that they wanted? Is this really cool? <laughs> and it'll it'll be very uh, obvious if there is no vibe. Or if exactly. it's a creepy vibe of no music, no nothing. Yeah. I mean, former sales guy here, I might be tempted to be like, hey, is the general manager here? Because this vibe is really bad. Um, <laughs> I know a guy. <laughs> well, thank you again, Mike. This was too much, too much fun. Two extroverts on a podcast, I feel like, uh, can be overload. But I think it was fun. Uh, I, I think we both behaved. We let him yes. do more talking than we normally do. Good, <laughs> good, good job, Zach and Mike. <laughs> Thanks, brother. Hey, All take right, care, buddy. man. 